Welcome to Rebel Radio, the place to be for healers, coaches, and changemakers who are seeking answers, hungry for impact, and open to possibilities. Join us for casual and epic conversations for the healers and coaches willing to do what it takes to activate their limitless wealth through the power of unity consciousness and quantum numerology. The key to claiming your personal power, activating your purpose, and creating infinite possibility in your world. I am so honored and excited and overjoyed to have my business partner, my dearest friend, my mentor. I can't even give enough words to who Joy Kingsborough is. Thank you for being on the show yet again. Yay! I'm so excited to be here. We're going to have so much fun. <laughs> we always do. We always do. This is, I think, your fourth time on Rebel Radio because every time you come back, you've got new information and new energy. And so why not have you back on the show? Yeah. Again? yeah. That's what I think. Why not? Right? Thank you for so, having me. Yes. Tell us a little bit about who Joy is. Mm. Isn't this an interesting one? Because um, I remember dreading this this question in the very beginning of my career of like, I don't know, who am I? I'm, you know, I wanted to have the perfect title and then say the perfect things. And like, really, who I've now come to this place where I understand that who I am is this ever evolving being. Yeah. I'm an ever evolving being who is in love with creating impact and helping humanity, myself included, remember how loved we are and how connected we are to something unseen. The, that, if I were to sum up the essence of me, is I am devoted to that. I'm devoted to remembering that and devoted to helping other people remember it if they want to, too, if they want the peace and ease and love that comes with that. And um, and then Joy does a lot of things, right? Like, <laughs> I, I love to teach and I love to write and I love to create and I love to speak and I love to, you know, do the things. But at the core, I think um, that's what you get when you're working with me. Yes. I will agree with that. And I think that's so profound is that you as a mentor have never told any, well, never told me what to do in that. It's always a find yourself, ask yourself, you have all the answers, but you need to discover who that is first. Yeah. And one of the fastest ways that that happened for me was through numerology. Mm -hmm. What is numerology? How has numerology impacted you and your growth? <sighs> That's a big question. <laughs> I don't right? ask many questions at Rebel Radio. <laughs> Let's just dive right in. Yeah. Let's see. Well, <laughs> you know, numerology, I would say I don't think that I noticed that, that numbers were working with me until I was about 15. Mm -hmm. And then I started to see them everywhere. And I, I saw them because I started to get curious about um the unseen. I had, you know, been curious about church. I had been curious about, um, you know, different spiritual concepts. And I found myself playing with cards and just trying to understand what this, this experience was that I was feeling. I was feeling some connection and it was in the cards. All the cards had numbers. And I realized that the numbers seemed to have more meaning for me than the picture. Mm -hmm. And I would start to see the numbers sort of rising up out of the cards and I knew what they meant. It was like, I could hear the language of them. And so part of me 
thinks that I've known numbers for many lifetimes, you know, depending on if you believe on believe in that sort of thing, I certainly do. And I think that I've always known the language of them. So how has it impacted me? They have guided me. Uh, when I started to really listen to them, I think in my late 20s, I began to go, okay, what is this thing called numbers? What's going on here? Um, I'm not good at algebra, but I'm good at reading them. So I don't understand, right? <laughs> and and so my obsession um, was really nurtured by people around me who loved math. My grandpa was a mathematician and taught at university, but he was also deeply curious with the impact of numbers on the way that we calendared our life, the way that we measured things. Um, how we used it wasn't necessarily a calculate mathematical calculation. Right. Numbers meant something right? You felt a certain way at 6 p.m. different than you felt at 5 p.m. or 3 p.m. or 2 p.m. There's a, a sensation of time that you become aware of. So it's describing something, yeah. right? So I started to recognize these labels and then um, was guided in uh, in my own spirit, spiritual journey. I started to host uh, plant medicine ceremonies out of my house. And so I would bring a shaman in and we would go on these like three-day journeys and I think that was the moment when I went, I can't ignore this. This is this is what's guiding my future is in one of those ceremonies. I had a series of playing cards present themselves as if they were on like this spiral moving in front of me. So there's these playing cards on the spiral and I'm looking at the spiral and I can tell it's really important that I pay attention to these playing cards. I know nothing about playing cards for numerology, but they start the in my vision, the cards start turning over. And I would see the card turn over. So it was like the back of the card, and then it would flip over and I would see like King of Clubs. And then the King of Clubs would flip over and it would be someone's face, someone in my life, someone who I had pain with. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> this is interesting. And so then we I would live the story of that I would see the, the relationship. So it, it I was uh, deeply interested after that what was going on there. I could feel a connection with personalities and people, which then led me down the the journey of, of really trying to uh, make sense of numbers and become a numerologist. And so I studied numerology, you know, for most of my adult life, I've been guided by it, but then I started studying it deeply and then started teaching it and sharing it with, it, with as many people as I could, because it brought me so much peace, so much love, so much um, feedback. It was my first conversation with the universe that I could predict and rely upon. It was always there. I could trust it. Yeah. Yes. I love that so much. You know, one of our favorite expressions as numerologists is you can't make this shit up right. because we see things happening in our world and we go, oh, I wonder what that's all about. You look at the cards, the numbers that are occurring and oh, <laughs> there it is right there. It's so blatantly obvious in the cards. I love yeah. that. I yeah. Love that. I love it. So I'd love for you to introduce us to another mm, character in your life. <laughs> uh, many of our audience knows who Jonah is, but I would love for you to share Jonah with us and explain what that energy is. Yeah. Well, let's talk about channeling, right? Because that's what I'm doing with Jonah. So Jonah is an energy that I met and I met this energy as if it was a personality. So when I first discovered this connection that we had, it was a, a vibrational connection that I experienced and very real experience for me, 
it felt like a human right here with me. It was very visible. Um, I was in a meditation when I was invited. It was a guided meditation that invited me to meet a spirit guide. And in that I met Jonah and Jonah came to me as a person, was very playful, wanted to dance, wanted like really was so excited to see me. Right. I was excited to meet him, but he was really excited to meet meet me and that I was open. So I believed that Jonah was a guide. And mm-hmm. over time, Jonah would always be there, was as you would expect a guide to be. But Jonah would continue to nudge me towards different things. Yeah. Would say, maybe you should study this. Maybe you should read about this thing over here. And brought me to Abraham Hicks. Uh, way back when, <laughs> so early 2000s, right? And, you know, and I remember having the sensation of, I think that what she's describing, I was listening to interviews with her. I think I'm having that experience with Jonah. Mm-hmm. And so one day I made the decision that I would go ahead and let Jonah, instead of being next to me in my, you know, image or how I was experiencing, I would let Jonah be with me. Mm-hmm. and speak through me. And I would write down whatever came through. Yeah. And so it started this relationship where I felt Jonah merge with my consciousness. I felt mm-hmm. this consciousness as if, as if he was in my body. Mm-hmm. And I've since, you know, understood that's channeling you're opening up to this frequency that's coming through. And so Jonah has been partnered. We've been partnered in this way for 20 plus years now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I keep aging myself as I like say how many years, but um, Jonah's been working with me in a very deliberate way to assist in spiritual advancement for humanity, the, uh, an awakening to things related to universal law and um, has been a huge help. We've been, you know, we've co-created a lot of programs together and done a lot of beautiful work that I'm in awe of uh, for myself, but what I get to witness with people who get to experience Jonah through me is, um, you know, it's brought me to tears so many times. It's yeah. such a beautiful experience. Like I'm honored and in awe and grateful that I let that occur. Like I said, okay, come on in, let's do this thing. <laughs> right. I know I speak for many when we say we're grateful that you did as well, because yeah. you know, that, that energy has been so profound in helping me understand my own journey. And I know that I speak for many when I say that. Yeah. But what is channeling? I I think it's misconstrued, misunderstood. It seems a little bit magical and woo-woo. Can we talk about the science of channeling? Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the things that I discovered in school, so my my background is in psychology, um, specifically psychology and how to create teaching programs. Like I love to create curriculum. And in that, in my studies, what I discovered is that consciousness is this really interesting like subfield of science, right? We know, we know with certainty, it's actually the one thing we know with certainty as humans is that consciousness is required to have this experience. So in science, this is pretty profound because in science, nothing is hundred percent. It's always something that's changing. You know, we don't, we can't say something hundred percent, not hundred percent of humans do anything, not hundred percent of rocks do anything. Like there, there's no hundred percent of anything except for a hundred percent of the time you must be conscious to experience this world. Right. So it's the one thing that has the most scientific backing is that we have consciousness. Mm-hmm. The other thing we understand about it is that consciousness is scalable. So 
our thoughts that we think are measured outside of the head. Mm-hmm. They're not in your head. They're not in your brain. Your ability to access a f- the thoughts happens because of a frequency, the way the brainwave state in your brain allows yeah. you to access thinking. So there are these thoughts that are like really close. They're a, a low density frequency thought. They're just like the random thoughts available. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't require a lot of consciousness, a lot of awareness to access it, right? And so consciousness being the scale of your perception, how you're, what, how much you're able to perceive. Right. And so there's this baseline consciousness of there is only a material world. Mm-hmm. So we can scale that though, right? So if we understand scaling, scaling is, you know, my bank account has this much money, but I can scale that and I can have this much, right? My business makes this much, but I can scale it to make this much. Your capacity to think and to access thinking is scalable. Mm -hmm. So most humans are channeling this level of thought right here. Right. And they're channeling it. And here's what's happening because they're picking up on an energy here that has information in it. Their brain is then allowing it in and giving it meaning and saying, yep, I'm going to take that thought. It means something. It channels in, literally comes into your brain and you emotionalize it and you allow the expression on its behalf. Right. You think it's you. You create ego around it. Ego is caught up with these thoughts. You create a personality that is channeling in this body. Mm-hmm. Your ego is channeled. The, at the base of what we're doing, this is really what's happening. And so as you become aware, as you're on your personal uh, mindset awakens this for people, right? As you start exploring mindset, emotional mastery, you scale your consciousness. You're now aware that not only are you material, you're vibrational. Right. So the moment you become aware that you're vibrational, you scale your consciousness, you're now accessing thoughts that are in a different frequency pattern. Your mind can now match those frequencies. And so now you're channeling thoughts from, you know, all of a sudden you like your inner Bob Proctor is just like, <laughs> got this, right? Like you're just channeling these thoughts related to that level of understanding, mm-hmm. right? Well, if you continue to scale your awareness, you become aware, oh my gosh, there's these other dimensions of reality. You become aware that there are unseen energies. Mm -hmm. By becoming aware of it and accepting it, you access those densities. They are higher frequencies and you can allow your mind to receive the messages. And because they operate differently, they can come into the body And they can express without you being aware of it. They can come in and express those frequencies can come in and share information. So all we're doing is becoming scalable to access different streams of consciousness. Yeah. Right. I love that explanation so much. And it really, it simplifies it, right? Because channeling is so misunderstood and we're like, it's this magical woo woo thing. And it's really not, it's very scientific. I do have a question for you, for for our audience, if, because I've heard many people say this before of, I wish I could access my guides or my channel so that I would then know what to do. Mm. Does Jonah ever tell you what to do? Not once. And th- <laughs> this is what's so interesting is because I wouldn't want it any other way. Like I, I do feel much more peace and I, and I recommend it. Um, connecting with our guides, connecting with these higher streams of consciousness, it, it does make your life easier, yes. but not in the way people think. Right. 
It's never, not a to-do list from God. No, <laughs> no. And, and your problems don't go away. Right. Right. You still have to navigate your stuff. The, the universal laws still are the universal laws. You, you still have your own stuff. But what they, what they do offer is pointers. They will point you to where you can discover the breakthrough. Mm, yeah. Right. So if I'm curious about something and I'm like, I wonder if that's true. I wonder what's going on. What do I think about that? All of a sudden I'll get information. Joan will come in and be like, you know, open up to this page. Right. He's not telling me what to do. He's just saying, open up to this page. So I'll open up to that page in the book and it'll it'd be exactly what I was asking for. Right. And then how do I feel about that? Do I accept that information? And so in that way, I'm being pointed and then I get to decide. I have the free will to decide if I'm going to accept that information, if I'm going to apply it, if I'm going to use it in a way that's constructive. So Jonah's always just pointed. So even when I channel material, it's I'll get an image. What do you think of that? Do you understand it? Do you know what that means? Apply what you know from school. Apply that. Like it requires that I contribute. Right. And so I look at it and I contribute. And even when you're, we're channeling, like when the stream of consciousness is flowing, I can decide what to do with that. Right. It's not here. You must believe this. This is just, here's the stream. Mm-hmm. How do you feel now? What do you want to do with that? Yeah. It, but never once has been, you know, do this or else. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're hearing that you are, you're, it's a distortion of your own ego. Yeah. Right. And I think that's important to understand, you know, our not understanding our mind, not understanding our emotions and our mindset can make the, can make this world scary for people. And so I can understand why it gets kind of put over here, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's in this weird realm because we're, we're not really in a society that is, um, that really honor, honors mental health or really explores it or um, celebrates what's possible in the mind. Um, we tend to medicate and stifle and shut down anything that's happening mentally unless you know we're believing in what the status quo is, which is a consciousness level of the material world is all that exists. And so scaling our consciousness isn't supported in humanity at, at this time, right, in a big way. It doesn't mean it's not welcome. Yeah. <laughs> We're working on that. Brain game, everybody. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so in this con- conversation about consciousness, I would love to know, because I ask this of every guest and I get a different definition every time. I'm so curious. How do you define unity consciousness? Yeah. Oh, unity consciousness to me is very simple. It's awakening to the fact that we are not separate. We are one. It's as simple as that. It, knowing knowing that is the only trick to it. You don't have to do anything else to ha- to experience unity consciousness. You just have to be willing to do it and stay there. Yeah, I love that so much. I love that so much. So you know, a lot of your work comes around the energy in our body and how we direct that energy based on our level of consciousness. So I want to talk about this concept that you brought up to me recently of alchemy in the body. Can you speak to that a little bit? What is that? Yeah, well, so chemistry comes from biology, really the study of the original chemists were alchemists. It started off with this study of alchemy in order to create chemistry. And I think that's important to make that connection. So if you imagine chemistry, if you imagine going back to grade eight and having the, you know, the beaker with it, you poured the things in and then it like bubbled and did stuff, you know, all, and you, and it transmuted, right? Yep. Chemistry is the transmutation of, of matter, 
right? Different chemicals, elements. We're taking energy in its different forms, mixing them and transmuting them. Yeah. So that's happening in a beaker in a science lab or in who knows what now, like I'm way outdated there, I'm sure. But your body is a biological container like a beaker. And in that biological container, the elements are thought and emotion plus earth elements. There are, you know, distinct earth elements that are included. And so we're using the earth elements like a base in chemistry for the body. Mm -hmm. And then your thinking and feeling comes together. And when those three things mix, you know, the condition of the body, the condition of your thinking, the condition of the energy of your emotions that you're adding to the mix, your body reacts and creates a reaction, right? Creates this expression. It's an alchemical response. Mm -hmm. So the alchemy is knowing which ingredients to get the to get the experience you want. So what are the thinking ingredients that I need? What mm -hmm. are the emotional ingredients that I need? But here's where alchemy takes it further than chemistry. Chemistry is, is reliant on the material world. It mm. ignores that there's an unseen. And so it creates a limitation for chemistry. Right. In alchemy, it's not possible just to do that. And so you know this by you can't just take supplements and heal your body. Right. Right. You, you can't just eat to heal your body. You These things are helpful because there are things that are coming into the chemistry of the body. So the the mind, the thoughts, you can't just learn the thoughts. Right. Here's all the five. Here's the five thoughts that support what I want. I got to make sure you know how you've watched people like, oh, my God, don't say that. Take it back. Cancel, mm -hmm. cancel. Right. Mm -hmm. That's believing that that this alchemical process is just physical. Right. It's so much more than that. And it's the same thing with the emotion. So having the emotion, feeling the value, feeling the wealth, feeling the love, whatever that is, along with loving thoughts. There's a piece to it that's so important, which is the spiritualization that gets added. And I'm using that word and I'm meaning it very generally. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with a dogma or religion or uh, any kind of set of beliefs except for one. And that's universal law. And so you could consider that religion, I suppose. But it's it's a set of, under, it's an understanding that in order for alchemy to work, you must understand that you're connected with all that is. The law of one is a requirement for alchemy to really um, work. And in fact, a lot of alchemists from, you know, thousands of years ago um, in some of our most ancient texts, uh, the first alchemists, Hermes and, um, you know, so many others, that's the one that comes to mind in this moment. But there were so many alchemists who were also some of our greatest scientists, right? Mm -hmm. da, Vinci was, da Vinci was an alchemist. Uh, there's so many people that were alchemists first, right. you know, who invented things. I think Thomas Edison was an alchemist. So there, you know, this, this idea it's made possible. You can create your reality by knowing that we are one. Right. Because for alchemy to work, you have to understand that everything that you're mixing in this body is already connected to the entire universe. And so as you change things here, it's engaging a chemical reaction throughout the world. That mm. I don't need to physically do anything with what's inside my body. I don't have to take that, you know, like you would do in a science lab where you would take like a, you know, a dropper full of something and bring it over here. That's what we think needs to happen. We think, okay, I've got all this wealth in my body. I need to figure out how to get that into my bank account. Right. Right. 
but alchemy is so much cooler because you it's the awareness that you are one but those and many alchemists will say you also need to know a few other things which are the rest of the universal laws but you that oneness allows you to recognize that there's no dropper needed that it happens simultaneously the entire universe knows what i've done here mm -hmm. and when i amplify that and keep saying yes to it i amp up my own container and create an electromagnetic field that electromagnetic field now alchemizes everything that i need in my life story oh right it's like as simple as i could be on our <laughs> alchemy in a little tiny right <laughs> but i love how you bring it to the simplicity of it because you know our human minds like to complicate everything and make it hard uh, yeah. i work with online entrepreneurs we all make it hard right <laughs> and so i love the simplicity of that and it's my understanding that quantum expansion is a way of creating this alchemy it is literally alchemy yeah so what is q all of our audience hears us say, do the Q. What does that yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah, Q is a word made up between Jonah and I. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even remember how the word came, to be real honest mm -hmm. with you. Uh, there was a period of time where I was wanting to understand alchemy from the inside. I, I knew that I understood intellectually. I understood a lot of things. I understood the laws. I understood, you know, emotions. I, under I was emotionally masterful but there was something I wasn't getting. And it was that it was the application of really knowing that I'm one and that it also requires the intention of that intentionally being an alchemist. Right. It's not about right? just knowing it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, <laughs> yeah, I'm not walking around just this, this, um, you know, ever exploding bomb of chemistry, right? Like there, it needs to be directed. Yes. So I'd say that's another pretty important part. Like you're, you're mm -hmm. directing it. So, mm -hmm. I couldn't figure that part out. And so I remember sitting, I was, I was literally crying. Like I've devoted my whole life to understanding. Why don't I get this? Like, I don't know if anybody's ever had that feeling where you're like, I, I understand all these things. Like why, like what the, what is happening to me right now? Why can't I just get this? That's where I was at. I was in this place of despair because I wanted to know it deeper. Yeah. And so I just surrendered. I surrendered and I'm like, I'm just going to go into a meditation. I surrender. Help me release this need, this desire. I actually wasn't looking for the solution anymore. I was like, just like, I just, whatever. Just let me, help me release this and just be okay. Be at peace with what is. So I was surrendering to grace, right? Mm -hmm. And then Jonah came through and started guiding me to do something. And so again, not telling me what to do, just guiding me. And so I was witnessing this energy. And I was witnessing this energy move through me, but it was moving through in a really particular pattern. Mm -hmm. It was showing me a part of a Taurus field. It was showing me the infinity that makes up Taurus fields that are working together. Mm -hmm. So if anybody knows what a Taurus field, it's like this donut of energy, right? You can look at it, you can Google what a Taurus field is and get a, a description of this. But those Taurus fields are actually connected. This Taurus field is connected to another Taurus field and they're all, everybody's fields are connected. Mm -hmm. And so, but in that, so what happens is if you intentionally direct energy, I was being guided to go around one Taurus field and connect to another. And it was creating this infinity symbol. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing that, I was feeling an alignment in my body. I was becoming coherent. My mind and heart were syncing up. 
my body was in flow. I could feel my chakras, you know, I'll use that language, but I could feel my whole body just feel in alignment to, to feel present. And it was like 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And so he kept just showing me this and showing me what was happening and showing me what happens in the heart and then showing me the Taurus field around the heart and what was being activated. And so I started playing with it. And then I would go back as I was playing with it. He'd show me just a little bit more. And as I was playing with it, he'd show me just a little bit more. And it was in that moment that not only did I experience ease, like I had been experiencing ease, but it wasn't like every once in a while things worked out. Right. It was instant. I would cue and I would get phone calls. I would know what to, I would know where to go. Like I'd be like, okay, I know I could feel myself going, go here, do this. It was so rapid. And I started to experience things unfold in my life that I had been trying to do for 10 years. <laughs> I, I, my business literally doubled or more than doubled overnight. Like I can't, it's embarrassing to even say, like I went from like, I'm just getting by to having like this massive six figure month. Like it was insane mm-hmm. from the material perspective. Right. And it's because I had been doing it. I just hadn't been amplifying it with it. Right. right. I had done the work to shift, but I didn't understand how to like stir the beaker. Right. Right. And so Q stirs it, it taps into the electromagnetic field. Mm. And so you're stirring, it's like creating lightning. It's like lightning in a bottle. So you're stirring the field. You need a mode of transmitting the energy, right. To amping it up so that it moves through, even though it's simultaneous it's happening instantly anyway, yeah. but when you direct it, it moves faster. Just like the everything's in there in the beaker, but you stir it and it starts to really react. Yes. This is what happens in your body with Q. But you have to understand, I mean, you have to do the work to know the laws, to trust these things, to not have the limits because you can restrict the flow of it. You can stir it and shut the door, right? Not <laughs> let it out. So, you know, there's there's work to do around that. So I don't want to imply that it's like you just cue once and your life is magically, you know, set fail. It's if, not the magic pill. <laughs> no, because, but you do have this magic in you. Everyone has the magic of alchemy and it is worth it. It is worth the journey. Yes. And cueing can help you build, bring those things up to be addressed, right? Yeah. It accelerates it. It's like, I want out. So if you start stirring the chemistry in your body, it wants out the door. So it starts showing you the door that's closed. Yep. It's like, <laughs> I want out here and your heart is so closed. Help. I need out. Right. So, and then you see, <laughs> oh, my heart's closed because, you know, my dad didn't love me. This didn't happen. You know, all you say, it just points you to now this would be a great thing to let go of. Yeah. It's super cool. It I mean, is you know, cool. right? But I just, I get so excited about it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So we've touched on universal loss a, a few times in this conversation, <laughs> and I can feel the audience wanting to know more. So yeah. what is the, where did the universal laws come from? What are they? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I will tell you how I experience them. Um, and I will tell you that the universal laws have been written about for um, at least an agreeable number of years would be 7,000. So for the 7,000 years, the oldest documents that we can find that we can say, yes, for sure, these were people writing about it is 7,000 years ago. And that's in the Emerald Tablets. And the Emerald Tablets, the Hermetica, the Kabbalion uh, into the Bible, into like they're they're everywhere. 
they talk about it. The laws are observable. They're an observable um, truth. It's a, it's a truth of how energy works. Universal laws are you are energy and there are rules to how energy is experienced in this plane of existence. And those at the energy works with four different streams and within those four different streams, they have unique characteristics and the universal laws tell you how to experience the characteristics. Like here's the characteristic of this energy source. And so you can know what's happening. If you know that that's entropy, for example, the, the laws that are showing up for that are showing up in weak force energy. And you know that whatever's happening here is leaving. So let go. Yeah. Right. So you can, it actually cre creates this awareness of the energy. It's kind of like when you know a storm is coming, you can go inside. The <laughs> universal laws give a, um, a key to life. And that's how they were intended. You know, if you go back to the Emerald tablets and go back to the Hermetica, there was a key. It was like, here are the nine keys to this. And they're all laws. Right. Right. Um, the, the Kabbalion gives you like, here's the five laws you need to know in order to move forward. So you'll see them all over the place. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. reading things like think and go rich and the science of getting rich. Mm -hmm. Cause I was obsessed with money back in the day. And yeah. I remember going back and reading them again after I had learned universal law and being like, Oh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. We're observing them through the mind. So a lot of people observe them through mental capacities like they know. Like I remember reading something years ago about the law of momentum, but he didn't call it the law of momentum. But it was the law of momentum. The whole entire book was the law of momentum, but he was observing it through the physical. Right. Right. Like if you invest, what's the old story? If you invest a penny every day, if you double it every day, you'll be, you know, multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. It was a physical observable concept to compound interest, which is, about momentum. And yeah. so you start to see it that there's an energetic, there's an energetics to it all. It's not just physical, right? Because sometimes you can't get another penny to invest. You can't double it every day. You have to understand the energetic concept of being able to double it every day from an energetic perspective. Um, what was interesting to me though, in my study of laws is that I could see them everywhere. I started, they were talking to me like the numbers. Mm -hmm. So I could see them everywhere. And what I couldn't find was a book that had all the laws. I couldn't find like a, here's all the laws. Right. <laughs> it was like, here's five over here. Then there's four over here. And then this person over here is made up like a hundred that maybe mean this, right. That are very, you know, like are actually a couple of laws broken up into 12, you know, that kind of thing. I, I started to notice all of this. Like we didn't, we don't really have a cohesive direction. And so I started to ask Jonah about it. I'm like, can you point me to all of these? You know, like what's, what belongs where? Can you just point me to understanding this? And so it started to channel through. I started to get, um, you know, you would point me to things, but then you would also channel pictures and images and different things that help me observe it. He would say this, observe this and describe it. This is this law. Mm. So then I would observe it and then write down my observations and then what was coming through. And then I would be able to describe the law. Like this is what I witnessed when I was shown this law and then be able to apply that to other things, which was really cool because I wanted it. I actually never knew I was going to teach the laws <laughs> at the time it was happening, but now I love <laughs> it. You are. You're right. Yeah. I love that. So we've touched, you've touched on this idea of, you know, the, the material, the 3d world. And, you know, we talk about wealth here at rebel radio a lot. And mm -hmm. so I'd love to know how you define this concept of wealth from the perspective of not the 3D. Yeah. So 
not from the 3D. Uh, I, it's hard because you have to sort of use the 3D to understand it because we yeah. are in it. Yeah. But wealth is from a simplistic ex experience for me, wealth is the ultimate well-being being experienced mm -hmm. through me, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like this well-being through me. But it's even more than that. It's it's richer than that, right? Because wealth is understanding something that may not make sense to everybody listening. And that's okay. I'm going to say it anyway. The, there's only one thing valuable in this world because there's only one thing that's real and it's energy. And you can call that consciousness, right? It's your conscious energy, right? It's you. The essence of the energy that animates this body is the only thing that's real. Your body isn't real. Your bank account isn't real. Your, all that stuff is an expression of the energy. It all dies, goes away, falls away. It, it's finite, but you are not. You, energy cannot be destroyed. It just changes shape. And you're aware of it and you're a stream of energy. You're a consciousness coming into this body, experiencing this place. You are the only thing that's real. You're the only thing of value. Wealth is value. If you know how to value that, then you have you can have all of the wealth in the world. Yeah. If you're it, if you don't put anything above you, you're it. But not just you, right? Like, it's not like all of a sudden we're like, oh, Cindy's God. It's <laughs> right. Every one of us is that. But not at the level of body, not the Instagram filter, not the, um, you know, house on the beach, not the none of that. That's all finite stuff. Yeah. It's not where the value is. And so people are measuring value there. And so they always feel less than lacking and separate. But if you know the only thing of value is this essence moving through you and you value it like you just let go and surrender to that value, then anything in the physical world is is not that. So it can just be with you. That's wealth. Wealth is when you don't need it. You don't need uh, money. That's wealth. I love that so much. I could feel the emotion of that. My heart was just bursting in that. I think that's, yeah, I love that. Thank yeah. you. Right. <laughs> Thank some, you. some people will really feel what I just said. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and I, myself, I, I was talking to myself 10 years ago, that would have been really hard for my mind yeah. to let go and go and, and really go there. But um, I'm glad that it did. Right. Yeah, I remember my journey of being obsessed with the dollars and the amounts. And if I just work harder, somehow I'll break through. And I'm so grateful for the journey of letting yeah. go of that. It's yeah. Found. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got an event coming up very, very I soon. Do Tell us about your event. And you'll be there. So if anybody I wants to meet the, the splendid Cindy Van Arnhem, um, <laughs> you will be able to do that. But yes, we are um, September 9th, 10th, and 11th in Phoenix, Arizona. Very, very easy to travel to from pretty much anywhere in the world. It really is a very accessible place, which is why we chose it. And I love the desert because it's a blank slate. It's this beautiful place for shift and change. But we're hosting Jonah Live. It's the first time that I will be channeling Jonah and creating an entire event around landing into alchemy in the body 
and embodying it. So for three days, we're going to be in, we're going to be activating all of this alchemy in the body while also being in community and experiencing what it's like to be in a room full of alchemists while we, you know, expand our thinking, expand our feeling, connect, have fun, play, listen to music. We've got dancing, we've got um, community gathering and um, this beautiful marketplace. So it's about being able to celebrate life and celebrate creation and celebrate where we're going and release all of this old, old dogma and belief systems in our life that stop us from just creating our reality to see that we're not alone in this. And that we really can come together and create an entirely different experience in this planet. It's not, you know, I'm not over here in the land of make-believe. I know it's not easy. And that's why the event exists, right? So we need to come together and help amplify this for each other. So I'm really well, excited. I'm so excited. I will make sure that there is a link for this event in the show notes. Yeah, I'm excited to be in community in real life again. It's yeah. been so long. And I think a lot of us are feeling that desire to be together. Yeah. What a beautiful way to come together in that. And it feels so good to channel. This is one of the things that I love about channeling the most is I love to channel because it feels amazing. It also yeah. feels amazing to be in a room with channeling. Yes, it does. Um, I can yeah. vouch for that. <laughs> oh, Joy, Dona, I feel like I could talk to you all day. Sometimes we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I want to end the show, as always, with one last question. Mm, okay. What do you dream of for the world? Mm. You know, I've been here four times. It's changed every time, I'm sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> but what do I dream for the world? I dream that the world will dream for itself. That everyone will wake up and have their own dream and live it. That's what I dream for the world. I could feel that one. Oh, it makes me want to cry. I yeah. really, <laughs> really want that for the world. Yeah. That it can dream itself, that it can create itself, that it can be conscious at the same time creating its experience. So beautiful. Thank you for that dream. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you. you'd like to leave our audience with before we end the show? Mm. Thank you. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for the audience. I'm grateful for this conversation for you. Uh, gratitude is free and it lifts the soul and yeah, enjoy. Beautiful. Thank you, Joy. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us for another epic episode of Rebel Radio. If you feel so inspired and wish to expand the message of unity consciousness, please share this episode, leave a review, and of course, if you want to know how to leverage this information in your own life and business, check out our website or contact us for more information. It is time for us all to seize our personal power, come into unity, and create massive impact together. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.